Episode 20 of the SWAT Podcast. 20? 20. An even 20. Dead even. Wow. 20. Like the Barry Sanders of podcast episodes. The Tony Pollard? The Tony Pollards of the world, yes. That is a very, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Appropriate name for for today <laughs> for this episode for what just happened whatever whatever we witnessed on so I, sunday afternoon I, I definitely thought about doing a bit on this podcast <laughs> where my energy level would reflect like throughout the podcast <laughs> would reflect the cowboys players energy level right. throughout the game and so right. I, was, I was just gonna start the podcast like super not there and then right. like randomly in burst i was just gonna go crazy and right. then i was just gonna like get back down yeah just, yeah you go crazy yeah. with the with but the like for the, but for the last like 20 minutes that we record i was just gonna go insane <laughs> yeah you're just bouncing off the wall i was gonna be yelling so much amber was gonna kick me out <laughs> I just I don't get it. Like we, it's this same story every year in the playoffs, right? Like they're they're completely unprepared to start the game, and then as the game goes on, they show that they're the better team, but that you don't have enough time. You can't come back from thirteen nothing. It had a very Green Bay twenty sixteen feel to it. Yes, where they get behind and then they come. That back. game was twenty one to three, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, it was very very big deficit. It was about the same, yeah. What are we doing? And then they come back, and then there's like a play or something where you're just like, it was the Rodgers to Jared Cook throw yeah. that killed you. Well, there's many plays in this one that killed you, but I really felt, I actually felt bad for the Cowboys fans. I, From this loss? Yeah, like I could feel the gut punch in them because it felt like they, I thought they were the better team, but yeah. they weren't the better team at all throughout the day, really. Mm-hmm. And I felt like this was such a winnable game. You kind of get the monkey off your back a little bit, you, and then you just figure it out next week, just survive in advance. And then just the way the game played out, I was like, man, this one stings. Like, this one, I think, stung probably more than recent losses. I, I agree, and it's because at times this season, you saw the ceiling of this team. Mm-hmm. They could They could drop 50 on you. They could get four takeaways on you. Like... You see, it's like, man, if this team plays its best football, it might beat anyone. Yes. And but, then you have that performance. Right. But at home against the sixth seed, it's just inexcusable. It's it, disappointing. It, it, I would say it's inexcusable. I mean, it's a failure on every level, at every level of the organization to come out the way you came out. To lose the game is one thing, but for it to be the exact same story as previous postseason appearances with a completely new coaching staff and a largely new defense and a largely new, like, supporting cast, right? Like, the only thing that's the same is Dak and the O-line. And, like, because we didn't have Amari Cooper in 2016, right? It's just, like, every... I don't get it, right? I, I don't understand how we are in the exact same place that we've always been when it, it's been six years, We've had five full yeah. years now, and we're probably losing both offen- both coordinators. We're probably losing this offseason. I think and then one you have, for sure, yeah. And then you have, you know, I guess Mike McCarthy with, with who, right? Like, I, I just, I, it is, it's, it's, it's about as bleak as it can be for a team that just won 12 games. I think it also stings more because they've gone the last two years without even making the playoffs. So it has been three years since even a playoff game, which I believe was the Rams' loss because the they beat Seattle round. and then they lost. They got crushed. 
yeah, by the Rams. The score was closer than it felt. Um, but they couldn't stop the run. It, right. When you can't stop the run against a team that can establish the run, it's no, it's a no contest. And that was like the end of Todd Gurley type of run. I don't even yeah. know if he played. I can't remember. I think he played in that game. I don't remember, but yeah. I can't remember, they, actually. If he did play, he wasn't himself. If he didn't play, well, then they didn't have Todd Gurley. So. Yeah. Yeah, I think that, that stings a little bit, too. Just three years, you've been waiting for this moment. But like you said, if if they play their best game, they're very hard to beat. But I think we kind of maybe insinuated that last week that maybe six teams are like that in the NFC. Yeah. If they play their best game, they're in the Super Bowl. If whoever plays their best game three weeks in a row yep. can go to the Super Bowl. This is why the games aren't played on paper. Nope. You got to show up day of in the moment and be the better player, be the better yep. team. And, and it's and, it's been a consistent thing, you know. And they got to adapt, adapt in game. Yeah, got to adapt in game. And I think the Cowboys defense did that a little bit, but so the Cowboys lose twenty three to seventeen in what was one of the wildest games I think I've ever seen. I was trying to think of how to put this into words. I was getting very Rangers Blue Jabes vibes. Vibes. Okay, like, I, I that came into my like head. Like the absolutely crazy game where like Shinsu Chu yes. was holding the bat out. Yes, and the Rangers scored the run. And Seventh was, inning. Yeah, and it, it's just like, what is happening right now? Yes, that was actually so the comp of the of the fourth quarter. Yeah, that was my comp. Is the seventh inning of Rangers Blue Jays just the seventh inning? And that was 2015 20, game five. Yeah, 2015 yeah. game five. Because 2016 didn't go to game five. Yeah. So yes, it was just that one inning versus this one quarter. Yeah. And I was like, man, you could do a whole 30 for 30 just on that inning or just this quarter. Just on 15 minutes of football. And there was only one touchdown scored. <laughs> Isn't that insane? <laughs> there was 10 points scored in the whole quarter, and it was the most insane quarter I think I've ever seen. And so I was like, man, how do I how do I describe this quarter? It's like there was so much going on with very little happening. <laughs> so much going on like but it but to your point it was odd things it wasn't just that a lot was happening it was yes. th- it was things that you don't typically see right and they were all happening pretty much at once yes like in just succession. back to back to back yeah. to back and all right so let's just recap real quick so the cowboys go down seven nothing on the first drive Maybe the easiest scoring drive I think I've seen of the whole year. The 49ers? Or are you talking... This is in the fourth <laughs> quarter. Uh, first drive of the game. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The four-minute, 75-yard drive. They had one second down Yeah. on the drive. Every other play brutal. resulted in a first down. Absolutely brutal. <laughs> well, it started... The first play of the game was a... a which is foreshadowing in a lot of ways, was a uh, offside. Yep. First play of the game. Yep. And it probably shouldn't have been blown dead because he was not unabated to the quarterback. Right. And it yeah. was like a 12 yard pass to Debo. Yep. And it's like, Oh, the Cowboys caught a break there. Well, it didn't matter. That's what I thought too. <laughs> it, it really didn't matter because every play was a first down pretty much after that. And they just go right down and score in four minutes. And then you're like, okay, the Cowboys got to answer three plays punt. And you're thinking, Oh no, I know yeah. the entire city was thinking, Oh no, not again. <laughs> And so the next drive, San Francisco field goal, ten nothing, and you've had the ball a minute twenty seven. <laughs> Is that bad? It's not good. So then into the first quarter. Well, hold on, because we haven't even we, we you glossed over what I think was the game. Oh, 
third and 16 Cowboys second drive no no this is that drive this is in the second quarter no 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 I said end of first quarter oh in the first quarter yeah, I thought yeah. you said end of first quarter well yeah like near the end of the first okay, quarter okay 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 yeah yeah they they get a first down a couple first downs um no one one first down yep then they get the uh Connor Williams gets called for hold on third and six and that was the big CD pass yes 32 yards third and 16 <laughs> And they hit Cedric Wilson over the middle. Yes. On what looks like it's going to be an eight to ten yard gain. Yeah. Way short of the sticks. Officially seven yards according and to this. Was this was this planned? Yes. Okay. Yes. And here's why. We saw this play. It took me a while to remember where we saw it. But when we were at FRD a month ago. Okay. I think it was maybe the nineteenth, actually, exactly a month ago. Um the Jets v. Dolphins. Do you remember this? That's Oh, my goodness. That's right. The Jets ran this play, and they had their Cedric Wilson was Jamison Crowder. Mm-hmm. He runs across the middle, and he laterals it to the sideline to Braxton Berrios. Berrios yeah. And Berrios goes upfield, makes a cut, and the key block on that play was Jamison Crowder, who, who lateraled the ball. the ball. He just basically followed his throw yep. and went downfield and made a block, and they got maybe 23 yards I on wonder, I wonder if Jamison Crowder grew up and played any baseball because that was perfect rundown technique. Right. You throw the ball and you circle. and That's it. When he lateraled it, it, was, it wasn't in stride necessarily because I went back and watched it, and Barrios kind of had to crouch and cradle it yeah. without moving, but he had so much room on the sideline to maneuver and nobody in front of him, that he probably went 10 yards for he had to cut, and he just had to get the final six or seven. He ends up getting 20-plus. So, yes, the Cowboys stole that play from the Jets because the Cowboys actually tried it the very next week against Washington in the 56-point game. Oh, that's right. The very first drive of the game. Now, it looked a little different because Cedric didn't throw it as far, but he tried to go to Cooper, and Cooper was open. Didn't really hit him in stride, but Cooper drops it. And so he has to try to pick it up, and then Ryan, by the time he does that, he's tackled. Yeah. So that one actually might have worked. But yeah, so they've actually tried it. It looked like Pollard had the space. I think so. But, I mean, it was just a terrible attempt from Cedric Wilson. I mean, he, yes. he threw the ball to his girlfriend in row four. I mean, that was that was rough. The, the thing I, I was trying to dissect from it was this week, he was throwing to his left. Okay. The Cooper play, he was throwing to his right. Okay. So I don't know if he felt more comfortable throwing to the left. I don't know if it's easier. I don't know the mindset of how that worked, but they've had three or four weeks to practice it since the last time. Yeah. Because Crowder threw to his right. So I guess it's just kind of preference maybe on the receiver who's throwing it. Well, I'm just I'm thinking about like body mechanics generally. Yeah, me too. It's a lot easier to throw across your body than it is to open your shoulders and kind of throw back. Yeah, to the right side. I it, I feel for righties, right? Like for a lefty, you know, I feel like it would be a lot easier. And so mm-hmm. maybe because it's a more comfortable physical motion, you you relax and like like the mechanics are much more important mm-hmm. to open the shoulders to get that ball throwing it to the right side if you're a right hander. Yeah, and so maybe that like just that emphasis that you have to put on the mechanics to make the throw is what helps you make the throw better. And I have to imagine they ran it. 10 plus times from each side yeah and said, but, hey, but which i mean side do you like more? but just think of a quarterback a right-handed quarterback rolls out right 
so he can throw to the left downfield, mm-hmm. right? And you you want to push a right-handed quarterback out the left because when a quarterback rolls left, yeah. he's not nearly as dangerous, right? You so have like to turn your whole body exactly. And, and so maybe when the pass isn't that far, the shorter pass is actually easier to the right. I don't know. That seems weird to me. I think it would be easier for him to throw it going to his left because that would be like the quarterback rolling out to the right. Yeah, because he's actually throwing it backwards. Yep. Which for a normal quarterback would be forwards. Yep. So, yeah, maybe, I don't know. It was interesting. But, yeah, they stole that from the Jets, who ran it flawlessly. <laughs> the Jets of all teams. And the Cowboys chunk it out of bounds. Well, then, when you don't have the talent, you have to be more creative. Yeah. So, they, they end up punting, obviously. Uh, Shocker. Technically goes down as a fumble. And then the 49ers go down and get another field goal. Yep. So, so they've scored on three straight drives. But the defense at this point is holding their own and keeping the team in the game. They they started to, right? Yes. Like, I mean, at the very beginning of the game, it was rough. It, it looked like the 49ers were going to drop 49 points. Yes, it, but it, that's like, the difference between field goals and touchdowns. Yes. Like, and, it's and, massive. But that was another thing is it, it seemed like the defense kind of reverted to the bend, not break defense mm-hmm. of the past when we were hoping that the defense was going to come into this game as the best unit. Yeah. And it started the game. Both units were equally bad. It's like, well, that's, that's not going to get the job done, yeah. is it? But holding them to field goals, all of a sudden now you go down, get a it's touchdown. It's still a to two Cooper. possession game. Yeah, you get the Cooper touchdown. You've cut the lead in half. Yep, and that was a great throw. Yes, and that perf- was a thirty yarder, right? Perfect read. It was twenty yards. Twenty. Yeah. Okay. Officially, um, San Francisco gets a field goal. Uh, you go to half, sixteen-seven. I'm blinking on when the fake. Oh, okay. Never mind. We'll get to that. I have that listed. Uh, so, yeah, we go to 16-7 and a half. Then the Dak interception. Where, I don't know if the receiver, they just weren't on the same page. Kind of threw it behind him, maybe. He gets picked off. In plus territory. First play of the next drive, San Francisco hands it off to Debo. And Debo does Debo things. That dude is insane. Yeah. I don't think I've appreciated him as much as I probably should have until this game. And I knew how good he was. Like, you see the stats, you see the receiving, the the rushing, what, eight rushing touchdowns this year. He goes 26 yards to the house, and you're thinking 23-7. Oh, my God, this is the end. But it's also only two possessions. And you're like, man, in the back of your mind, you're thinking, it's still kind of close enough because of those field goals. <laughs> still kind of close enough. All right. So this is where it gets insane. We're actually going to go the final 20 minutes of the game. Okay. Five minutes left in the third quarter. 438. This is where I thought McCarthy was different. I don't know. He's been so aggressive this year, right? Two-point conversions. Fourth downs. Whatever. You know, we're, we're doing this. We're two-point conversions up 30 to nothing at yeah. half or whatever. Uh, they got a fourth and two on their own 33 and they're down 16. I'm thinking fourth and two, like two yards. That's gettable. You, you would, you would hope that you have one play. I know it's on your own side, but man, you really need something to get yourself going. And it really felt like if they punt this ball, they're just, they're kind of just giving it back. They're kind of punting on the game. Yes. Because a field goal and you're down three, three scores. You don't, I don't know if you have three possessions to, go down and score each time well they punt i'm thinking Ugh. i didn't i didn't like it 
I kind of understood it, but it was McCarthy, and I'm thinking, oh, he's definitely going to go for it. Yeah. And he didn't. So they punt. Well, they get away with it. So now we I go. Mean, theoretically. Yes. If oh. you're coming into the game and your defense is supposed to be your best unit, you punt the ball. Right. But, but at that point in the game, you couldn't trust really either side of the ball. And the defense had played a lot better after those first three possessions because the only points they'd given up was right after the interception. Yeah. I mean, and they were going to give up points regardless. So, But they forced San Francisco to punt. Then, fourth quarter, 14-01. This is where the chaos started. They run the most obvious fake punt in the history of fake punts. And the dude is wide. Because I thought maybe they would run the fake punt on the fourth and two. Yeah. They didn't. So now I'm thinking, oh, they're definitely running a fake. And San Francisco is in safe punt formation. Like, they just had their defense normal. Mm-hmm. But the, the only issue they had was they only had one uh, corner on the gunners each. So they run the fake. They basically just run a stop. And uh, Brian Anger just throws it out there. Dude's wide open. He's open by 10 yards. CJ Goodwin. Yeah, he just stops, and the guy's just running <laughs> downfield yeah. like, uh-oh. So he gets the first down. They pan immediately to Bones Fossil. And he's yelling, like yelling, not not excited yelling. He's yelling at the bench to stay back. He's yelling yeah. at the players to stay out. They want to catch San Francisco off guard and keep the punt unit out there. And if they don't substitute, they can just run a play yep. or act like they're going to run a play, whatever they want to do. Yeah. Well, this is where it got weird for me because it didn't look like they subbed, but the ref was standing over the ball like they had subbed Yeah. to give the defense time to counter with subs and then they changed the ball from the kicking ball to the regular ball and he's still standing over the ball well then they reset the the play clock it was at 10 maybe and then they reset it to 25 it gets down to 20 and then the cowboys are like we're switching everything yes line change go (laughs) it's like mighty ducks all over again and so here comes the offense the special teams has to run out here comes the umpire again to stand over the ball and then the the part that I haven't heard anybody talk about was he gets off the ball with like two seconds and they snap it. Well, yes, the clock was at zero, but you hear this every week that the zero on the clock, you get that half second. Yeah. It was the half second. Yeah. It wasn't a full second when he snapped the ball. I thought they should have gotten away with it if they you know are consistent with that where they're like, oh, well, we'll give you the half second. But because it was so chaotic and time was running down, the refs knew that they were in trouble. And yeah. they were probably just staring at the zeros already. And they flagged them for delay a game. And, and how much of it also, because it's, it's kind of a growing narrative because the Cowboys are like the most penalized franchise over the last 20 years. How much of it do you think is that it's the Cowboys? And if the 49ers were in that same situation, they might get that half second, but officials are just like they they seem more ready to blow the whistle when it's the Cowboys. There may be some to that, but I I think it mainly had to do with just the just chaos, the chaos of that specific situation yes, because the refs knew that they were going to run out of time or be close. Well, then my next point is why do the Cowboys constantly exist in so much chaos? I don't know. Why is that allowed? They, why is that promoted? They basically outsmarted themselves on that play because Kyle that Shanahan That wasn't smart. I know. Well, Kyle Shanahan's just sitting over there on the sideline like Okay. What are you going to do? Yeah. Snap the ball to Brian Anger right, again? Right. You're going to be the Colts and run a fake fake no, punt from under center? 
but yeah, like it looked like Anger didn't even know where he was supposed to go. No. I don't know. It was it was nuts. It was the best first down and the worst first down of all time <laughs> because you go from fourth and whatever, fourth and a couple to first and ten to first and fifteen. So they end up uh, settling for a fourth and seven field goal a couple minutes later, and I thought they were going to go for that because I'm thinking, hey, you got twelve minutes left. Getting to 13 doesn't do you a whole lot. Like, you're still down two two touchdowns. I guess you don't have to get the two-point conversions. Well, but... wasn't it getting to 10? Wasn't it 23-7 to seven at that point? Right, right, right. Yeah, so they're yeah. down 16. That gets them to 13. Oh, you're talking the deficit. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. And it's a 51-yarder. It's not like a gimme. Yeah. You know, it's... I thought maybe going for it there. I know fourth and seven is very low percentage, especially for this team who struggles on third and long. So I'm sure they would struggle on fourth and long. But I didn't really like that call either. But you know what? Hey, you got three points. And plus, not like Zerline's been automatic. Next possession. (laughs) Jimmy G rolls out to the right. Wide open guy in the flat. Airmails him by a couple yards. Anthony Brown just waiting for it. like a Almost like a punt (laughs) he makes the play i'm thinking oh my god he might take this to the house he doesn't but the jimmy g mistake it finally happened and after that i thought for sure there's no way that shanahan is going to trust this guy to get them to the finish line like i I thought they might not attempt to pass the rest of the game like i thought they might go they certainly ran the ball good enough in the first half that Right. Probably get away with it. Yeah, or you can run some end arounds, just low percentage stuff. But yes, the Jimmy G interception. Now I'm thinking, okay, great job by the field goal. McCarthy knows what he's doing. (laughs) (laughs) So that leads to Dak with his rushing touchdown. So now all of a sudden, it's 23 17. That field goal is huge. And you have a game. Yes, now it's game on. Yeah. Next possession George Kittle's open in the flat, he fumbles. Cowboys recover. I'm thinking two possessions in a row. The Cowboys have just forced turnover, which is what they've done all year. Yep. That is what they've done. They give up plays. They give up yards, but they get those turnovers. They recover barely, barely in bounds. Replay shows that the ball hit the ground. Incomplete pass. Massive play. I mean, it was very obvious that it hit the ground, but just kind of heart-wrenching that you thought you were going to have the ball maybe 25-yard line, whatever it was, 30-yard line, chance to go take the lead. So a Jimmy G mistake helped the 49ers there. Yes, yes, because Kittle caught he like made a move, and then he fumbled it and looked like it was going to go out of bounds, and it didn't. Then it was all for naught. Well, San Francisco ends up punting with 250 left. So the Cowboys still get the ball back. Well, they could have had the ball back with maybe four, four and a half minutes left. But the story of the day was penalties. Odigizua gets called for holding. A defensive holding. On the defensive line. Clear as day. That wasn't even the most egregious one. Neville Gallimore gets called for hands to the face. Automatic first down. So that kills your clock. Yep. And that kills your chances of getting multiple possessions if the first one doesn't go right. Yep. But they get the ball back with 250. This was my biggest play of the game. And because this was this needed to be the drive that you scored, because if you, even if you get the ball back, usually it's very little time left. You have no timeouts. Well, at this point, they have all their timeouts, and you got over two minutes, plenty of time. 
they get down to where did they get down to San Francisco side of the field barely on the San Francisco side of the field the 46 Dalton Schultz caught a 38 yard pass Prescott gets sacked for a loss of one basically the line of scrimmage that was with about 225 maybe I thought there's no reason to run another play here before two minute warning this was the worst call of the day. They run a play. They literally snap it with like 201. And it was a incomplete pass. It was a drop by CeeDee Lamb. It would have been like a three-yard pass. But I'm thinking, you don't need to run this play for like three reasons. One, you have plenty of time. You've got all your timeouts. Time's not an issue. In fact, you should want to run time off the clock because... Your it, hope is to score and then end the game. Right. And San Francisco would only need a field goal to retake the lead, so they don't have to go the, the length of the field. Yeah. Two, you're already on their side of the field. You know, you, you don't really have that far to go. You got 46 yards. Well, you took the sack, so now you got 47. But the biggest thing was you don't want them to score. Like Yeah. And I, and I think that you've actually you kind of hinted at, but you haven't quite mentioned what I think is the most important concept here which is you rushed into a play call to yes. beat the two-minute warning. Yes. Where that is a natural timeout that gets you the opportunity. Organized. Yes, it gets you the opportunity to make your better a better play call. Mm -hmm. Maybe not your best play call. Maybe you're saving that for a fourth down if you need it, right? right. But like, it gives you the opportunity to take your time Just to reassess. get set up, to, to get into the right situation. Right, maybe maybe what you do is you fake, you know, you run a formation out there, and you send a guy in motion, and you let the clock run down, yes. so that you get an idea of what the defense is in. And that, right? that's what I thought they might do was just try to force them offside, yeah, and then just let the clock run out, yeah. And I hated it even more because the last play was negative, so now you're you're scrambling back, you're without not, momentum, right? You're just going to step up to the line of scrimmage. You have no and call rhythm, and I hate it. It's like a, it's like saying you're like fourth and goal on the one. And then you lose two or third and goal on the one. You yeah. lose two yards, and now you got fourth and goal from the three. I don't really like going for it then because your last play was negative. Yeah, you know what I mean. It kind of just mentally, and so that play was negative. Just regroup, say, reassess the situation. Say, okay, we got two minutes. We got three plays to get eleven yards here. We got plenty of time. Plenty of timeouts. A lot of that, I think, can be on Dak. You know, because, like, he can get the play call from the sideline, and he can, you know, get them ready at the line of scrimmage, mm -hmm. and then he can just decide not to call for the snap. Like, that, it's not like that's a predetermined, like, you, you don't communicate to the center generally that's like, hey, after you get down to your squat, wait 10 counts, and then just snap it without me. And right? somebody's in his headset telling them to run, though. Exactly. So Kellen or whoever is like, hey, hey, let's get this playoff. And while CD should have caught the ball, it would have been a minimal game. They were looking at maybe third and eight after that play, but they run it incomplete next play incomplete. Tyron actually gets called for holding. They decline it. So there's a, there's another penalty that actually didn't count. Yeah. Um, then you have the fourth and 11, which was to just scramble play the heave downfield where Cedric Wilson almost caught it. Yep. That would have been amazing. Yes. And that could have been like the turning point of what you see the Cowboys as. Yep. Because they've been like, oh my God, something went our way. Now, would Michael Gallup have caught that ball? Uh, I don't know. Well, not with his knee. But. Well, obviously <laughs> not when he's hurt. But, you know, Cedric Wilson throws the ball out of bounds instead of converting on a lateral. 
and the ball is just inches away from his fingertips yeah. on a big play late in the game. I mean, it, it's a tough play because he's got to turn his body. It's certainly a tough play, but Michael Gallup's a tough receiver. Yeah. And it, it but it's like that's the sort of thing that when you are when you have injuries, next man up, can they get the job done? And it's it's obviously not fair to put that all on Cedric. Right. Yeah, but would Michael Gallup have made that play? I don't want to. I think it's a legitimate question because yeah. he would have been the receiver that would have been running that route in that moment. I mean, it's obviously the play where it's fourth down. You want him to come up with it, and the ball felt like it was in the air so long that he maybe could have adjusted better. But I don't know. It. I don't want to say he should have, but it would have been nice if he adjusted earlier. Mm-hmm. But. It's you know, a tough play. Yeah. It's a tough play. But and, but you're in that position because you didn't get anything on second and exactly. third down. So, you're in that position because you rushed a play call. Yeah. It, terrible. So they lose the ball. They still have all three timeouts. So you have to get the ball back after these next three plays. You cannot give up a first down. Correct. Second and nine. Randy Gregory gets called for another defensive holding. They now have two defensive that, holdings. In my opinion, was the most egregious. Yes, because he, he, he tackled. He, him. he literally like WWE'd the guy. Right? I, he had to have thought he was a ball carrier, right? I don't know. I don't. He, there's no way because it was like right as the play started and know. they engaged the block. He just wrapped him up and suplexed him because they did run it his way. But the way he tackled him, I thought. Did he think he had the ball? No. <laughs> There's no way. Like, I don't know what he was doing, right? I mean, he engaged the blocker, but it was it was so early when they engaged each other mm-hmm. that there's no way the ball could have gotten there that fast. Like, he just yeah. disposed of the blocker. And it's like, what? I didn't, I did not understand that. I didn't either. It was, decision at it was all. so obvious, but so gut-wrenching because that gives you the first down and that's your second defensive holding in like a minute and a half yeah i can't remember the last time i saw two defensive holdings in a game i think that that was the moment when romo's spirit was broken yeah because like you know he was doing a great job of like staying pretty even throughout the game I i thought he did phenomenal but in that moment he was like well you you can't do that. You just you can't yes. do, you can't do it's that. It's so obvious. And, and like he, in that moment, he was defeated. And they had just called defensive holding the last series, so yeah. it's fresh in their mind. It's like it's like calling a three second in the paint in the yeah. NBA. You hardly ever see it, but once you see it, you'll see it again. Yeah. You know, it's like fresh in their mind. That that's kind of what that was. Of course, he tackled him. So so now you have two timeouts, but now they have a first down. Yeah. So now they're guaranteed to have. Well, and that was the thing is that they had called a timeout right at the end of the play. But they got it back because the penalty yeah. negated it. Yeah. But yeah. it was like, I thought for a second that they were going to charge the Cowboys the timeout <laughs> because they had called it yeah. before the flag. Right, assuming that right? there was no penalty. Yeah. And it's like, I, it was, you know, you exist in chaos, chaotic things happen. So now you go to the next series of downs. Uh, they get to third and 10. Cowboys use up both their timeouts. And now they run the end around to Debo. Yep. And I'm thinking, oh, man, that's a great play and call. <laughs> live, live, it looked like he got it. Or, or was that the – no, that wasn't the – was that the end around? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was. Okay. It looked like he got the first. Right. And they gave it to him. Yep. And they go to replay, and Romo was spot on on this one. Yeah. He said, oh, the ball looks to be right at the point of the yard line. And they had to be about a foot past that. Right. They had to be, yeah, yeah, just beyond it. And of course they spot it, the point of the ball right on that yard line. And he's a few inches short. Yes. Just barely short. So San Francisco comes out. I think they called timeout. 
actually. And I was kind of surprised by that because I thought for sure they would at least try to get the Cowboys to jump off sides. The The thing about that is, is you run the risk of running a false start. Yes. Well, so they call timeout. They just come out and run the play. Well, Trent Williams, maybe, was in motion. He doesn't get he set. He didn't get set. And the Cowboys and they, they had this earlier. A, they called it a false start, which was incorrect. It was an illegal motion. Yes. But, yes. Yeah, so they had a formation penalty. The Cowboys had the same thing with C.D. Lamb earlier in the game, which negated his own catch. He negated his own catch, where the quarterback snaps the ball, and the guy is still getting in his stance. Yeah. And so now you got fourth and six, and <laughs> San Francisco's just trying to find a way to give away this game. And so they punt. Uh, with 32 seconds left. And it takes one big bounce and goes deep into the end zone. Yes, yeah, so you gain a few yards there. Rather than start at, say, the 10, you get the 20. This is the play that I like the most. I love running the hook and lateral when it's not within the final 10 seconds. Yeah. I like running it between 30 and a minute. 30 seconds to a minute left in the game because they're not expecting it as much. Guys are still hawking to the ball. Right, yes. And you're probably getting more man. You're not having guys super deep. And so they get 20 yards on that. And I thought that was a great call to run it earlier rather than later. Then they dump it down to Pollard for 10. Uh, Schultz on an out route for 9. They're just giving the Cowboys a sideline. Yeah. And all of a sudden, they're at, what, the 41. So now 14 seconds left after maybe another San Francisco timeout. Uh, Shanahan says, okay, no more sidelines. <laughs> no more. Half of their defense was, was on the two sidelines. Was on the sidelines. They had yeah. a guy like 5, 10, 15 yards on each sideline. So they had six guys covering that. They said, no more. So with the Cowboys, you're thinking, okay, do they just try to throw it deep down the middle? Like like end zone middle? Because now you have limited number of guys in the end zone. Yeah. Uh, do you run a short pass, try to spike it? Well, it looked like they had the run or pass option. Dak sneaks it up the middle. I don't think it was an option. Well, they had guys running routes and instead of actually like blocking. But that's what sells it, right? I guess, yeah. It's like you you see this like Kyler Murray, you get this play call a lot. Like Lamar Jackson, you get this play call a lot. They take the snap, they take one step back, mm -hmm. and then they just go, right? Like yeah. that's not a decision that they're making. That's the call. I mean, I thought he could have just dumped it down to like Schultz because the ball is going to move faster than you are. He probably could have, but yeah. that wasn't the play call. Yeah. So he just just starts hauling up the middle and then he just keeps running he's like keeps running I'm like well are they actually is he like to have a, a way to the end zone here yeah <laughs> he gets caught from behind he gets 17 yards in 14 seconds well he goes down with about nine seconds and you're thinking oh my god you typically need 11 yes and i'm when he gets up and i see nine romo's saying oh they have time they have time and i'm actually thinking they have time too i'm like yeah. okay that's plenty of time you know because they probably just discussed this like hey we gotta get up to the line yep well the umpire is like it's 30 still, yards still at away midfield. at best he is <laughs> he is still at midfield i didn't understand it so okay we'll get into that in a minute because i have a thing about that the umpire's hauling all the way up to now they're what 25 maybe somewhere around there 25 yard line he runs into Dak trying to get through the offensive line to spot the ball because he has to touch it. Well, he Dak handed the ball to, to Biotish. To Biotish. Biotish puts the ball down. Typically, the umpire will just tap it, right? Well, he has to get through the line, do all this, do all that. 
He and then he spots the ball back yeah, a yard. He grabs it and he moves it back. That costs them more time. Yep. Because now the offensive line has to jump back. Yep. Dak can't. You have to get reset. Right. He can't uh, snap it yet. By the time he snaps it, there's no time on the clock. And of course, by the time he spikes it, there's really no time on the clock. Yeah. They don't have like a fire sale call of like, hey, just run to the end zone. We're not going to spike it. And time runs out. And what was the most chaotic ending I've ever seen? Once again, <laughs> when you exist in chaos, chaotic things happen. Like, the only thing I can remember that came down to, like, the end or the wire like that, I think it was back when Jason Elam was the Broncos kicker, and they had to run the kicking unit out with, like, 15 seconds left because they had I no timeouts. Yeah. And they had to snap it with, like, two seconds. He had no time to really get ready, and he nails it. Just, just Drano down the middle. But they run out of time, and it... I thought they had enough time to spike it when he went down. Now, hindsight's twenty twenty, right? Should have went down earlier. Should have not called the play. Could have had two plays from the forty at the end zone. Yeah. Now this the in the end this play is so overemphasized. I think because what are the odds you score from the twenty five on one play? Very low. Right. At least yes, you have a chance. But in the end, it probably wouldn't have mattered. The drive was the two minute drive when they had the two minute warning. That was yep. the drive you needed to score. Okay, but here's my thing about the umpire. So I was thinking about it. I don't keep up with the umpires and their rule changes and where they're supposed to be. But I do remember the change probably 10 years ago where the umpire would always stand by the linebackers. He would always be in the middle of the field. Yeah. Well, they changed it because they were getting run into so much. All these crossing routes and whatnot. And mm-hmm. you could use the umpire as a pick. Yeah. Uh, so they changed it where he would go into the backfield, the offensive backfield next to the ref except for the final two minutes of the first half and the final five minutes of the second half. So if that rule was still in place, he would have been in better position in the final five minutes of the half to spot the ball. Interesting. And I think they need more people to be able to spot the ball because him running 30 yards, he's not an athlete. He's not a professional athlete. No. You know, it's not It's not Tyree Kill running to go spot the ball. Or that one ref who went viral for booking it downfield. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah. yeah. I, I, saw, I saw that. That was memes quite a lot this week. It's like, man, where was this guy when we needed right. him to spot the ball? Yeah, well, that's why he's a line judge. We needed him most. <laughs> because typically your umpires were usually your bigger, yeah. fatter guys. Yeah. You know, Because they're the ones that don't have to move. They were stationary in the middle of the field. Yeah. Now they're all the way back, but they got rid of that rule in 2015. So now they're always behind because I went back and watched a couple of games in the final five minutes, final two minutes to see if umpires were actually supposed to be there. Yeah. Well, they aren't, I guess, because none of them were. Yeah. So I guess they changed that five or six years ago. And if the umpire actually had to be in the middle of the field, he would have been there. He would have been, he, he wouldn't have been at the line, but he would have been 20 yards closer to begin with. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I understand they don't want them to get hit. But if he's there, that saves time. Well, and I, I almost feel like he was so shocked by what the Cowboys were doing that he forgot for a brief moment that he was supposed yeah. to trail the play Maybe. to spot the ball. Maybe. Because it was like after Dak had slid down, then you see him like start to think it's mm-hmm. like, oh, like I got to get moving here. Right. You know, but I don't, I don't even think it's appropriate honestly to really dive too far into this conversation because like you have to you have to show up to the game right to win the game and yeah. you can't you can't do this 
every time is like, you know what? The game doesn't matter till the fourth quarter. It's not basketball, okay? <laughs> right. Like, NBA games don't really matter until there's eight minutes left. Right. But this is not basketball. Like, you have to show up and play 60 minutes of football. And they yeah, just they every, proved yet again that they can't do that. Everything led up to that moment, and you're not having a timeout. You yeah. don't have enough time. Yeah. Because of the penalties. Because of rushing decisions, the two minute warning, yep. you know, the, the holding calls on defense that cost you time because you don't, now you don't have enough timeouts. Yep. You know, everything leads up to that moment and then, you know, you run it too far or you don't hand the ball to the umpire and the umpire is actually in charge of only the, the two minute drill. I believe, I think the ref normally spots the ball Interesting. In, a, in a normal situation. Uh, but they're both coming from the same area. They're both way behind the play in the backfield. Yeah, it it was just so chaotic. I just I couldn't believe the game ended like that. And then and then it's like, okay, wait, are they actually gonna put time on the clock? Like, are they gonna put a second on the clock? Did they mess up? Did something happen? And then the ref was like, and the game is over, and they're gone. Yep. <laughs> well, see you later. And that that was the most Cowboys thing that could have happened, right? right. Is <laughs> we're done. That like. The time time is off the clock. The 49ers players are running around, but everyone's like, well, hold on a second. Right. Like, we need official word here. Right. And then all of a sudden the ref just goes, the game is over. Yes. <laughs> and they just sprint. Yes. They're they took, gone. He was running faster then than he was to get to the ball. Like they were running faster than you see players getting off the court when the storm, the storm yeah. of the court's coming. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and nobody was even coming out of the field. It's true. Oh man. They were out of there. What a mess. Oh, it was fantastic, though. Like for ten points scored in the fourth quarter, all that happened. Yeah, and it was just so much to dissect and like in the some of the things that are gonna get lost in this, and like the Kittle almost fumble. Like nobody's yeah. gonna remember that. Nope. And the the holding calls they may not remember, but they'll remember that play ending on a scramble and he couldn't get set. Yep. To spike it, and we didn't. Okay, we need to talk about this for like two minutes. The end of the first half, the sun. <laughs> He's, he, he couldn't even see the ball, man. <laughs> it is he had so no bad. idea. And it cost them. Okay. Well, we say it cost them. It cost them a chance at three points because yeah. Zerline has been Zerline. Yeah. Although he made the 51 yarder. They mm-hmm. would have had, what, maybe a 50 yarder at, at if he catches that ball. But points are points. Right. Because you, how much did you lose by? Six. And so if you were only down three. If you're only down three, you definitely don't run for 17 yards. You run for 10. Well, if you're only down three and you're already on the 41, yes. you probably take one shot at the sideline and then attempt the 58-yarder. But see, but see, they cover the sideline. So maybe you run for eight yards. Yeah. And you get down with 12 seconds left or 11 or whatever. And then, yeah, now you can spike it and get a kickoff. Yeah. It's crazy. The sun. I can't believe the sun cost them a chance at three points in a playoff game. By curtains. Yes. That that is it. Just buy curtains. It's I, like, okay, look, hello, you made a mistake in how you angled your stadium. <laughs> End of story, right? Like own up to it and buy curtains because every time you play a game that doesn't start at noon or seven, it's a problem. That's the other thing. There were six time slots this weekend. And they got the one well, three thirty game. There were two. Well, because of Saturday. Yes. Yeah. So you had a sixty six percent chance of not playing with that sun right there. Yep. And you got it. Yep. <laughs> that was also funny. I found that one pretty amusing that there were six time slots. Only two of them could have affected the sun in that situation. Incredible. Are you sure you can't just rotate the stadium 90 degrees? I think that would be quite the undertaking. 
You could. You could turn it either way. I'm just. I'm just saying. Pretty, you know, pretty much anything is possible. You like. You could do it. I. It would probably take years. You can't run. You can't shift it to the left like Cedric <laughs> Wilson on a lateral or something. Yeah. Yeah. You could throw it out of bounds. Yeah. The Cowboys Stadium. They're just gonna play at Globe Life next next year. I said they should have moved it at halftime. They should have just walked across the street. <laughs> the sun wouldn't have been an issue, except for maybe some punts. What? Which, which, by the way, the punt at the scoreboard. <laughs> yeah. It, just to add to the to the craziness. To the chaos. Which isn't a big deal because you just repunt. But that would be great, though, if, if the punt hitting the scoreboard, the ball was still in play. <laughs> what an absolute mess. And you lose like 20 yards of field By position. the way, Brian Anger was the MVP. Of the because, season. Because that guy, especially in the game this week... That guy was punting the ball, and it was not coming down. No, it was phenomenal. And then, of course, you had the fake punt. Yeah, he's one for one. Yeah, best passer rating of the game. Dude, he's a stud, man. But yeah, I mean, what a find he's been. 16-yard pass on that one. Proud of him. But yeah, what a crazy game. What a crazy ending. A game I'll never forget. A rather abrupt ending. And like most Cowboys games, you know, it... You didn't get closure in the loss. No. Right? Because that's just how it works. You had the Dez catch. And then you had Aaron Rodgers and Mason Crossbar, right? Yes. And then you had a run defense that like gave up 300 yards rushing, right? Yeah. It's like every game there's something that you're just like, like why? Like this, here, now? And it, here we are again. You have a questionable decision with 14 seconds on the clock. And then and a very unfortunate series of events that led to the ball not being snapped in time. Yeah, and 14 penalties. Is That that was a record, right, for the Cowboys uh, in the playoffs? I think it tied a record. That's unbelievable. Yeah, 14 penalties, and a number of them were pre-snap. Yeah. Just, it just can't happen. It cannot happen. The offsides, the false starts. So I'll, so I'll ask you because, you know, the Cowboys, like – I mean, how many teams are left alive? There were, what, six teams eliminated, and there's... There's eight left. Yeah, so there's eight left, right? So mm -hmm. the Cowboys are in the same boat as 24 other teams. Mm -hmm. You're thinking ahead, right? And so I'm going to think ahead here. Do the Cowboys... Are you are you content being the best team in a subpar division and having a chance at the playoffs? No. Like, is the goal championships and Super Bowls? Always. Every team. Then you have to fire everybody. Everybody. Well, they're not going to fire Dan Quinn because he's going to leave. Well, but my point is like McCarthy, the Jones family, you need to bring in a GM and you need to bring in a new coach and you probably need to find a new offensive coordinator because well, Quinn, and, Quinn and Moore, in my opinion, are gone. They're getting poached. I don't, I don't think Moore is going to get a head coaching job. Not yet. Not after the last I don't think. Season. I don't think he's ready. I don't either. But that doesn't mean that a Jacksonville yeah. isn't going to you know, say, you know what? We tried like the old salty veteran guy, <laughs> right? right? We and we're, we're going to go the <laughs> it, the farthest we can from Urban Meyer ever. The overcorrection. Right? Exactly. Yeah, I mean, it's not out of play, but here's the thing. I remember Mark Cuban said this this last year. The Cowboys should offer Brian Flores $50 million tomorrow. Do you... You can't... When you replace somebody got to have somebody in mind that you think is worth it. Yeah, and to me, the Dolphins made the worst decision any team has made in the offseason. They fired a really good coach. I, I think he's very good, too. There is a, in, in, my, in my opinion, he's a top 16 coach, maybe top 10. I mean, but how... But what's McCarthy? Dude, McCarthy, 
has proven to me that he's not that guy. Because I'll say this as a Bronco fan, I would take McCarthy over Fangio, Kellen Moore, Dak over everybody. Like, yeah. If you just gave me one of them, I'd be so happy. <laughs> any one of them, because any one of them is a massive upgrade. I think that Flores is better than McCarthy. Maybe. Do you disagree? Uh, no, because he hasn't had the quarterback. But then again, does the that, quarterback make the coach? Or does that, the coach make the that quarterback? Was my, that was my next point. In Brian Flores' rookie season three years ago with the Dolphins, they started 0-3. And it was like the worst 0-3 by point differential in NFL history. Mm-hmm. They ended up losing their next two games. Former players and pundits alike were calling them the worst team in NFL history. Do you remember that? I do. The worst team in NFL history. They finished that year 6-5 and five in their last 11 games. Mm-hmm. They then went 10-6 and six the next year and 9-8 and eight this year. Right. And the best quarterback on the roster is Tua, who can't stay healthy. And he's not very good. So you're telling me that a guy who had what people were calling the worst team in NFL history goes 6 and 5 I'm doing math on the spot here 6 and 5 <laughs> 10 and 6 so that's 16 and 11 and then 9 and 8 which is 25 and uh 19 you're telling me that a guy who took the worst team in NFL history and goes 25 and 19 without a quarterback you're telling me that guy's not a great coach he's very good i think he's top 10 i thought he should have won coach of the year when they went 6 and 10 because of the job he did over the last 11 games I mean, he'll find a spot. I don't understand how he's not already hired. Like, the second that the Dolphins fired him, every other of the six teams that fired their coach, right, every single one of them should have offered him a contract. I don't even think the Broncos interviewed him. That is... I don't don't even think he's on the list. That is negligence at best. But then again, I think they're also leaning towards offensive coaches. So that might be... They're, they're They're doing the same thing the Jaguars are doing. They are pigeonholing themselves into not what they had. So he'll land somewhere, and you know it's got to be a fit too. You got to feel like it's a fit, and you know McCarthy's only been here two years. I disagree. I think if you have a great coach, I don't think fit matters. Do you think but, Belichick well, was a he, fit in New England? You also have the Jerry. Do you aspect. think Tomlin was a fit in 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 Pittsburgh? Right? It's like no, a great coach makes it fit. Yeah. Like that, that is how it works. And if you, when you're looking for a coach, you're not looking for a, oh, this guy can, he's okay, right? Like this guy, he's good enough, right? Like you're not looking for that. You're looking for that guy, that guy. You're looking for greatness. I think greatness makes it work. I think coaching, though, is like finding a quarterback. There's very few great ones, there's a lot of mediocre to good ones. And how far can that take you? Not saying Flores is mediocre or good or great or whatever he is. Yeah, well, I actually had this conversation with somebody. Um, the the difference between Chris Richard and Dan Quinn as defensive coordinators mm-hmm. is that Dan Quinn was able to get a game plan on a week-to-week basis based on who was available. He was able to tailor a game plan to his personnel. Chris Richard was a defensive backs coach. We played the pass pretty decently, didn't get a lot of takeaways, but we couldn't stop the run. Yeah. And so he had to sell out to stop the run and then it opened up the passing game, right? Is it was a trade-off, right? And so like that that's like you you're not looking for trade-offs at head coach. You're looking for a guy that can show up and can set the tone. And we haven't had that guy as long as I've paid attention. 
Yeah, need that energy from the head coach. I think Dan Quinn bring brought that energy this year, at least on the defensive side. To for his sure. unit, right? Yeah. And because they, because they hard, man. because I don't think that Dan Quinn did what I think a lot of Cowboys fans would look back at the season and hope that he did, which was kind of take over the the general narrative, right? Because like Dan Quinn was clearly like the best head coach on the team, but he was the defensive coordinator. I mean, he wouldn't even right. spend the games on the sidelines except for the one that he had to. Yeah, but yeah, that's preference, you know, sideline or booth. You kind of get that view. Yeah, I, I think I would like being in the booth because you kind of just get the overall sense of the field. Yeah. And you can see better, uh, see what's going on more. I think McCarthy will be back, but it is going to be a very short lease next year. And you have the the rotating NFC champions every year. We haven't had the, the back-to-back there has winner. Not been, yeah. But now there's three wild cards, so not to say the Cowboys won't get a wild card or win the division, but just like the Eagles. But it might take 11 or 12 games to win the division. Yeah, you never know. You never know. A lot Eagles have a lot of draft capital. 12, 12 seems like the magic number. I don't think there was a single division that had multiple teams win 12 games this year. Uh, oh, a division winner? Yeah. I don't have the standing. Like, I think, I think in a 17-game season, I think you get to 12, you expect to win your division. Yeah, you're gonna, uh, the Bills won 11. But the Patriots didn't. Right. What do you mean? I mean, there wasn't a single division that had two teams with oh with with twelve with twelve wins. Uh, correct. Yeah, er, er, the NFC West was the closest. Yeah, because Arizona was eleven and six, right? Yeah. If they beat Seattle in that final game, they they get there. Yeah. Yeah. I just like so your goal, your first goal, your first goal is to win twelve games. Right. Right. That's what the Cowboys did this year. So you that know, probably win you the division in most cases. You probably win the division with twelve wins. And you're definitely in the playoffs. Yes. Yeah. And the Cowboys have a lot of question marks going into next year. Not not just like play wise, but contract wise and, and health wise. They play wise. a first place schedule. Yep. Yep. They definitely benefited from a very much not first place schedule. This year, right, and it helps. It's 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 a completely different because uh, the seventeen game schedule next year. actually affects that now more. Yes, because you play the whoever played made it first place in the other conference in that division. So yeah, yeah. it's one extra first place game. Yep, that's what I'm trying to say. All right, now that the Cowboys lost, <laughs> oh my goodness, the rest of Wild Card Weekend was not very super. To say the least. <laughs> yeah. That was easily the best game of the of the weekend. Yeah. And it was still a sixteen point game in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Uh so we'll we'll just go well, we'll stay in the NFC. The Bucks took care of the Eagles. That game was never close. Thirty one nothing after three. Yeah. Eagles score a couple times in the fourth. Whatever. The Bucks had stopped playing. It was basically Cowboys Broncos. Yeah. Uh yeah, Bucks just look superior without all the guys they had missing their top two running backs, missing two of their top three receivers. Right, it, insane. And their center got hurt in that game. Oh, did he really? I think he came back, but he missed. Oh, uh, Jensen. Okay, and so did Tristan Wirfs. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. So they're they're gonna be hurting next week. Yep. Uh, the, hosting the Rams. Yeah. And then on Monday night you had the Rams just absolutely destroy the Cardinals. Yeah, I did not see that game of that scoreline coming in no, that one now sure. now i did because i remember i was talking to my brother about this you know because he was kind of getting hyped for the game and i was like theoretically the rams are much better than the cardinals right and could win this game by 20 yeah and they did 23 34 to 11 
and it was never even that close, really. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of how I felt about the Cowboys game. You know, it's like, you think the Cowboys are better? And it was the same with the Rams, but, you know, they split this year, and the Cardinals were 8-1 and one on the road. Yep. And finished 8-2. and two. Kyler Murray had a terrible game. <laughs> his his avoiding of the safety in the end To zone. give up the touchdown? <laughs> that was brutal. <laughs> that was church right there. That was Johnny Manziel. That's what that was. Dude, that was that was chaos. The theme of the day. Yeah. <laughs> in the AFC, the only other close game of the week, Bengals beat the Raiders 26-19. to mm-hmm. Bengals' first playoff win in our lifetime. Yep, it's true. That I saw all the memes that nobody has ever texted <laughs> the Bengals have won a playoff game because text messaging was, you know, it started becoming a thing the year after yep. their last playoff win. They had not won a playoff game since January of 1991. And you know what started that run of losses? The ne- the next week after they'd won that game, they lost to the Raiders. Oh, so that was a full circle moment for them. It was. Good job, Cincy. I know. I don't remember what the score that was, but I, yeah. There's just, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's just the youth on the team. There's something that is just appealing about the Bengals. Yeah, they're fun that, to watch. That I wouldn't say even the Chiefs, like I respected the Chiefs mm-hmm. throughout this entire, I still respect the Chiefs, but like I don't I don't love their brand of football, if that makes sense, right? Like right. there's just, there's something fun about this Bengals team. Yeah, they're flashy. They love it. They love playing together. Jamar Chase yeah. is, is electric. Yeah, they're fun to watch, and they're super young. Uh, Saturday night. Could you imagine if they start winning the line of scrimmage? Oh, I know. They still have terrible. Their right side of the line is so bad, but hopefully they'll fix that up. The second they fix that up, oh, my goodness. Uh, Saturday night, the Bills make history and beat the Patriots 47-17. to <laughs> They are the only team ever to score only touchdowns. They didn't punt. They didn't kick. They didn't turn it over. They didn't turn it over on downs. They kicked seven times. They did. Well, after touchdowns. Yes. <laughs> Apparently. Although well, they... I guess technically they kicked 14 times. Yeah, if you, have, you count the kickoffs. Yeah. Yeah, they didn't punt or do any of that. They're the first team ever, and they took Mitch Trubisky took a couple knees to end the game. Absolutely destroyed the Patriots. That is not one I saw coming. I thought for sure that would be a tight game, yeah, defensive battle, and it never played out that way from the start. Nope. Incredible. That was that was the Bills' best game, right? And, oh, yeah. And, but that's been the story of the year is that – For the Bills. There's been like 10 teams in the league that when they're on, they can beat anybody, mm-hmm. and none of them have been on at the same time, right? Like it was the Titans early, and then it was the Cardinals for a few weeks, and then it was the Colts randomly, and then mm-hmm. it was the Chiefs start figuring it out. The Bengals – will have great games. Yeah. The Bills will go from winning by 40 to losing at Jacksonville. Like, it, it's the entire league, right? The Cowboys, the Rams, everyone. The Packers lost 35-3 to to the Saints. Can we just remember that for a moment? Yes. Week one. It just, like, there hasn't been a team that is that one team that showed the consistency. There hasn't been a single team, and so who knows what's going to happen. The only thing we know is that we know nothing. Yes, and that's still true. And the Bills, by the way, their closest win this year, I think, is 12 points. That's insane. Every win they've had has been just massive, pretty much. So they're 12-6, and six, including the playoff win. Mm-hmm. And they don't have a single tight win. No. So if the game's close, they lose. Yes. Or they get blown out or whatever. whatever and the they're facing Kansas City or are they facing Cincinnati? They're at Kansas City. They're at Kansas City. Yeah. 
which was another blowout win they had. Interesting. Yeah, because that was in the middle of the Chiefs yeah, rummaging. Of the beginning of the year. Yeah. Speaking of the Chiefs, they did what we thought they would do. Although it took them a minute. This is <laughs> this is the most I told you so moment I think I've ever had in sports. Like right when Daniel Carlson made the field goal at the end of that overtime against the Chargers. Mm-hmm. I tweeted out. I was like, I, I don't like, you know, congrats to Steelers fans, I guess. Right? Right. Like you, you made the game. playoffs. So now instead of Big Ben's career <laughs> ending with consecutive wins and playoff hope. Uh-huh. Now it's going to end in absolute slaughter yes. to the, by the hands of a team that's actually a playoff team. And the only thing that your win has accomplished is you now have worse draft position, which is going to make it harder to move off him. And like, I just, I don't, I don't know, man. Like, yes, it was fun in the moment. Right. Right. But it that was a 15 seconds of fun type beating, you know. Feel good story for 15 minutes yeah and then you realize you're playing the chiefs and then the game started out slow like zero zero after one you're thinking okay maybe and then the steelers did what we said last week when it was only like a 12 point spread i was like well maybe they're taking into account tj watt (laughs) he picks up the fumble and scores to start the second quarter and all of a sudden they're up seven nothing with the defensive score yeah i'm like "Uh uh-oh and then Patrick Mahomes but, had five touchdowns. But as we've learned, the worst thing that you can do in sports is take a lead in Kansas City. Yes, pretty because much. Because they, they will just yeah. respond. I mean, I remember the Texans were up, yep. was it 24 nothing? Uh, the Titans like were up 21 the in the Bills same postseason. Yeah, the Bills last year is like the worst thing that you can do is take the lead early in Kansas City. What you need to do is keep the game close yes. and then score last and win. Let Kansas City kick a field goal to start. Yeah. And then just go from there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just go from there. Because Mahomes ends up he ends up with five touchdowns in like a ten minute span. It was the most ridiculous thing I've they ever seen. They are the most Golden State Warriors football team I've ever seen. Yes, that's very good comp. Yeah, they're they're insane. I think Ben had like twenty five passing yards at half. Like yeah. something stupid like that. I was like, ugh. Terrible. So yeah, they cruised forty-two to twenty-one, and it wasn't even that close. Nope. Which leads us to this weekend. And by the way, last week we said that the Cowboys Forty ers was the only, uh, not rematch. Mm-hmm. Uh, this week we only have one. One of the four did not play each other in the regular season, so we're getting three more rematches. And I'm actually pretty excited about this week. Hopefully uh, <laughs> the games aren't as blowout as this last week, but I don't think they will be. I mean, theoretically, you have all the teams that won in blowouts last week facing each other now. Right. So Yeah, you get down to the final eight. And then you also throw in the one seeds. Yeah, you get down to the final eight, you should have some pretty tight games. So Saturday at 3.30, we have the not rematch game. The Bengals go to Tennessee. And when, obviously the Chiefs were going to win, but when when the Bills won, I was thinking, oh my God, the Bengals might actually be able to make a run here because they weren't going to get the Chiefs. Correct. And they get the Titans. Who, but I don't think that the Bengals, like it, I think that the Bengals, and I want you to finish that thought afterwards, but I think that the Bengals are that team, and this might be what's so appealing about them, is that they're so young that they don't know what they don't know. Right. Because, right. like, Kansas City, who was rolling, was the hottest team in the league, went to Cincinnati, yep. and since he beat them. Yeah. And this happened just three weeks ago. Yeah, and they were down 14. And so, like, I don't think that Cincy was concerned about dodging Kansas City the way that pretty much everyone else in the conference might be. 
maybe i just i don't think that they i don't think they think like that i don't think they operate like that anyway but yeah please continue your thought the Bengals go to tennessee and my thought is yeah they beat kansas city but now you don't have to try to put up 40 yeah i think if you get to 23 24 points you win because Tennessee's trying to get to twenty, I think it and de- survive. I think it depends how healthy Derrick Henry is. Yeah, and because, how much you get out of him. Because you know, if because it was a broken bone in his foot, I think. Yeah, and so like it was nothing muscular. So as long as that foot's solid, you know, like right. his legs, he's been rested, and like that could be scary, especially for a Cincinnati team that doesn't win the line of scrimmage. Yeah, like I, I don't. Similar to how I was, you know, not so gung ho about the Cowboys matchup versus the 49ers, I don't love Cincinnati's matchup against the Titans because the Titans play that style of offense that when they get the ball, you might not see it again for the rest of the quarter. <laughs> Maybe. Right? And like Cincinnati has that momentum build of just like, you know, similar to the Mahomes Golden State Warriors analogy I made earlier. It was like, man, when they start rolling, they click, they go, they go, and they ride that momentum. Yeah. But the Titans have that type of offense that kills your momentum because they get the ball and you don't you for twenty five minutes of real time, you're not gonna touch the ball again. But if the Bengals get up early, that's trouble for Tennessee. Yes. That's where if the Titans get up early, it's not the end of the world. Yeah. At least for the Bengals. I don't think. Well, we saw it with Kansas City. They were down 28-14 in the first half and then completely dominated the rest of that game. But yeah, I think they can beat the Titans. I actually think they will beat the Titans. So you're picking Cincinnati. I like Cincinnati in this game. So I, I'm going to disagree with you. Because I don't know what we're going to get out of Derrick Henry, and he sometimes has those slow starts to games. As, as much as I have been on the Bengals bandwagon, I think it stops in the divisional round. I, I love Cincinnati. But there's a reason that Tennessee was the one seed, and there's a reason they held on to the one seed even without Derrick Henry for two months. Yeah, it's because Kansas City lost to Cincinnati. Yes. (laughs) But it's also because they were that good with Derrick Henry. Yeah. That they were able to play the same game against everyone. Whether they were at home, whether they were on the road, they were able to play the same game. And that is the style of football that wins... It's just a style of football that wins consistently. And now it doesn't mean that they're going to win every game that they play, right? Like there's only been one perfect team in NFL history. Yeah. But I just, I like the style of play, particularly against Cincinnati, who I think might have the weakest defensive line remaining in the playoffs. I just, I don't, I don't love the matchup. I think I'm just done ever trusting Tennessee ever. I don't know. Right when you give up on someone... Is when yeah. they're going to come through, though. Yeah, probably. I mean, they made the AFC Championship game a couple of years ago, but I think that's their ceiling. Is so, it AFC Championship? Yeah. Maybe or, it is. And I think the Bengals, the mentality that they have is just, let's just go do the damn thing. Yep. So I, I like them, but we'll see. Saturday night, the biggest spread of the weekend, 49ers at Packers. Packers are favored big? Uh, Not huge. Is it like six? Yeah. So I... We saw this matchup. We did. Two years ago. It was in San Fran, but, oh. we, but we saw this matchup. Oh, I thought you were talking about like week six or whatever they no, played. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm saying we saw this matchup pretty much on this stage. I mean, that was the conference championship game two years ago, mm-hmm. and San Fran absolutely rolled mm-hmm. in that matchup. And That was in Green Bay? No, that no. was in San Francisco. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yep. And I just... I would not underestimate the 49ers going into this matchup. I, mean, I don't either. We we talked about it going into Dallas. I mean, they were up 23-7 to on a team that could explode for 50 points. 
Yep. And if, you know, once again, games are typically won at the line of scrimmage, and the 49ers are good on both sides of the ball at the line of scrimmage. And the 49ers didn't even really use Kittle this week. Yeah. It was the Debo show. And even he was kind of in check a little bit. But, yeah, Jimmy G's going to give the Packers a chance, I think, at some point. And it's going to be two teams that want to run the ball. They both rely on pounding the ball, especially the 49ers. But the Packers love to run it, too. And Aaron Rodgers hasn't thrown interception in what feels like forever. That's typical. Yeah. Um, but, man, am I rooting for the 49ers so hard. <laughs> you want the Packers to lose? Oh, yeah. If they lose, he's gone. Oh, true. And if he's gone... Might go to Denver. He might go to Denver. Oh, that is the most <laughs> selfish, circular logic I think I've ever heard well, in my no, life. Well, that doesn't mean I think the Niners will win. I just want them to win. Okay, okay. And if the Packers win, then I'll just root against them next week and hope for the best. I see. And But the Packers making the Super Bowl is bad for you. Yes. Winning the Super Bowl is the worst. Because he's almost guaranteed to stay, you think? Uh, it's more likely, I would I, think. I don't know. I think he's I think he's the type of guy that if he makes up his mind about something, it's yeah. just going to happen, right? I think it's more likely he stays if they win. I mean, if they lose this week, there's no way he's staying, right? They they just regressed from back-to-back NFC championships. Appearances. To, to not even making yeah. it, right? Yeah, I mean, that is that is true. And even if they do make it, it's three in a row that they didn't win. But didn't they, like, sneakily get Jair Alexander back? Like, nobody, um, nobody is talking about this. Oh, I don't know. But he's a top-five corner, and he's missed almost the entire season. Oh, and I, I think, know. you know, because everyone's talking about Derrick Henry's back. Everyone's talking, like... Nobody is talking about Jair Alexander's back. I don't know. I haven't paid attention to that. Like J.J. Watt's back, right? <laughs> right. It's like, well, now he's not. Correct. Uh, I'll take the Packers just because the quarterbacks. Theoretically, the Packers should win. I think that's why yeah. they're favored by almost a touchdown. They're pretty similar teams, though. I just, I don't know if I quite buy it, right? Like, I don't know if I've, I have, I've never really bought into LaFleur and the Packers, right? Like, I just... But they keep winning. They yeah. Just, they win 13 games a year, like clockwork. They've then, been 13-3 and three all three years with Matt LaFleur. And they've won this round of the playoffs. Yep. So, I'll, I'll pick them, but I'll root against them. So, I win either way. Sunday afternoon, 2 o'clock. Is that right? 2 o'clock. This says 2 o'clock. Huh. Interesting. Uh, Rams at Bucks, the rematch. Yes. But this time it's in Tampa. And this time the Bucks are up for the game. And this right? time the Bucks have a bunch of injuries. <laughs> well, well, but we talked about this back. They played week four, was it? Week three? Uh, yeah, it was pretty early. Because the the Bucks' next game was Foxborough after the mm. Rams, right? And yeah. so the Bucks were not really like that in emotionally on the Rams game because everybody knew what was going to happen the next week, Brady's return, right? Whereas the Rams, with a new quarterback, having just made this trade... Right, that was a measuring stick game for them. That that was their regular season Super Bowl, and they were hot. was hosting the Bucks, and so like you had two teams that had different levels of preparation for that game, and it showed because the the Rams or yeah the Rams pretty much slammed them that game. Yeah, yeah, they won by ten, I think. Um, here's something for you: the Rams are seven and two on the road, but the Bucks are seven and one at home. Well, I mean, you get this far in the playoffs, and every team that's left is pretty good. So yeah. But that's a pretty good away record. Like I, I kind of expect that home record from the Bucks, but I didn't realize the Rams were that good on the road. But it was just like Arizona; they were eight and one on the road. So, yeah. a lot of good <sighs> that did them, huh? Like I will never pick against Brady again the rest of my life. 
Okay. Even so when he, the even if he's not playing and he's actually retired or not playing, I still mm. won't pick against him. So I'm you, still going to expect him to be in the Super Bowl. So you're taking the Bucks. Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. Even with all the injuries. I <laughs> so I I have a question, right? Before I before I offer my opinion here. If the Rams lose this game, will will the trade Goff and two firsts for Stafford will that be considered a failure? It I don't think you consider it a failure until Stafford's off the team. I think that's when it's done. But this is the game. Yes, this is what you traded him for. This this is the game that they did not expect to win with Goff. And that is why mm-hmm. they offered two first-round picks and Goff and are paying the majority of his salary this year to have a different quarterback. And so, like, th- very similar to how it was back at the beginning of the season. Like, this is the measuring stick game. This is the team that represented your conference in the Super Bowl. You have to visit their stadium. They're a little bit banged up. You should win this game. In, in their minds, the Rams believe that they should win this game. I think at minimum, they should have a chance in the final five minutes to take the lead. They should have a chance in this game regardless. And if they don't even have a chance, that's that's terrible. Yeah. Because if the Bucks if the Bucks win this game by multiple scores, I think that the the Stafford trade, you're gonna have a lot of people questioning. Oh, it. absolutely. Absolutely. Even if I think that that might be unfair. It is. Because I, it's just one year, but yeah. you know, what because, have you done for me? Because lately? I'm not gonna count the Stafford trade as a failure if they it, until they don't make the Super Bowl with him on the team. Like, right. however long he's there, because he's, what, 33, 34? And yeah. so, like, if, if he's there for five years and they don't make the Super Bowl in those five years, I would consider it a failure mm-hmm. because they did make the Super Bowl with the previous guy. It might be the right move. So that's move. the benchmark. I think it can be the right move, but also be a failure. Yes. Because Goff probably wasn't going to get you there. And you see what the Lions are, even though their roster's terrible. But, yeah, yeah, you know, you take a chance. And sometimes it doesn't work out. And you sell the whole future and all your first round draft picks. <laughs> but they've been doing that for years. Yeah, and they'll continue getting Jalen Ramsey. And they'll continue to do it. Yeah. That's just that's they are the Dallas Mavericks yeah. of the NFL. The they're, Mavericks just punts it on the draft. They're forever. they're trading for players that they know are good versus players that might be good. By the way, underrated storyline from the weekend, Eric Weddle. Oh right, playing in yeah. that game against Arizona. Yeah, because they had so many injuries. That's insane. They were so depleted at safety <laughs> that they. The story was they they legitimately just shot him a text, be like, "You in shape?" <laughs> he was like, "Yeah." They're like, "Uh, get on a get on a you know drive down here because I think yeah. he lives in San Diego, probably." Yeah. And so it was like, "Yeah, uh, get up here like tomorrow." Yeah, because uh, we're signing you. <laughs> yeah, it's like, hey, can you be it's, here by? Uh... Does that affect his Hall of Fame eligibility? Yeah, it should. So he just delayed. Interesting, but yeah, because he's one of those borderline guys. Like he had a very good career. You think they just told him like, "Hey, make sure you're here by eleven (laughs) o'clock." He doesn't even need to practice. I think I think he showed up like Friday. I think, but like that's the thing, right? Is like he's such a veteran guy that you don't really need him to do the work of the other. You know, right? You can just kind of give him the play calls and be like, "Hey, like this is what we expect from you." Especially certain downs and distances. Especially for a team and coaches he's been with. Yeah. I was concerned, you know, like with being out of football, you don't have the explosive activity on a week-to-week basis that, like, maybe he's lost two or three steps. Or getting hurt. Yeah. Like Richard Sherman with his hamstring when he came back. Um, All right. So last game of the weekend, the rematch of the AFC Championship game. 
and the game earlier this year that we just mentioned, Bills at Chiefs, where the Bills absolutely took it to the Chiefs this year. I think it was 38-20. to 20. This is where we see, are the Chiefs a dynasty? Is this game, in my opinion, because I think that the Bills are that one team that scares you the most if you're the Chiefs. Yes, as because, far as the up-and-comers. Yeah, because the Bills have been there. They went to Kansas City in the AFC Championship mm-hmm. game last year, and they just played their best game of the year last week right? against one of the best defensive coaches of all time and mm-hmm. one of the best defenses in the league. And like, So I don't think if you're the Chiefs, I don't think you win this game unless you score 35 or more. I, I whatever. What's the over-under on this game? Do you have that number? 54 and a half. That's too low. Take the over. This game is absolutely 35-32. It has written all over it. So they're looking at like a 30 to... 24 score yeah that's what they're predicting right and i don't think that's enough unless the bills don't show up right right like i mean are the chiefs favored by 10 no this is the closest line of the weekend then yeah that over under is too too low right kansas city by one and a half so the bills are the better team to the betters probably yeah because you typically get two and a half to three points for home field but I, I bet you'll see some late money going kansas city and probably push it up but probably inch dude that this this game i will stop what i'm doing to watch this game oh for sure this is the game of the weekend this is the game and it's an earlier time slot five thirty on sunday interesting which is i think that's the times that they usually give for the the championship games um but yeah, that's early enough for the East Coast, late right. enough for the West Coast. Yeah, not going all night. Um, yeah, but yeah, this this is the game. If the Bills want to take that next step. Obviously, they would make the AFC Championship game again. But this is the team you got to get past. Yep, it doesn't matter what round it is. And it's the vice versa for Kansas City. Like this is the game, right? Where you establish yourself as a modern dynasty to go to back to back Super Bowls and then go back to the AFC Championship game, like right. and going knock through off, probably yep. the toughest team in the conference. Yep, this is uh. This is the game. Legacies are on the line here. Assert your dominance. Is is Josh Allen worth a quarter of a billion dollars? <laughs> is Patrick Mahomes worth half a billion dollars? Yeah. Is Andy Reid one of the top three coaches of all time? Is Sean McDermott the guy? I mean, like that. Like these are the questions that are going to be answered this weekend, dude. Because if the Bills, <laughs> if the Bills, after a disappointing season and then a dominating win over New England, just like show up like the Cowboys did against the 49ers and get behind by 16 and then they end up losing because they got behind by too much. Well, they need to get behind. True. You can't let you can't score first. Well, you don't want to score first, but you don't want to get behind by 16 either. Oh, okay. Like you want to you want to just match <laughs> them, right? If they score, you score. Yeah. If they don't score, you don't. Let the you, Chiefs get the ball first. Yeah, exactly. There you go. Exactly. Dude, Sean McDermott could win like 10 straight Super Bowls and I will never get the fact that he started Nathan Peterman over Tyra Taylor. <laughs> that, that'll never leave my mind. I don't care how many Super Bowls he wins. I'll think he's a terrible coach because he made that move. <laughs> that will never leave my mind. As much as the Cowboys ending to that game is or was insane, I will remember the Sean McDermott, Nathan Peterman game way more because I'll never forget where I was. I didn't even get to watch it. Yeah. Because I had to go ride a roller coaster that I didn't want to go ride. Just brilliance. And I hated my life the rest of the day. And I got a notification that Nathan Peterman threw five interceptions and a half. In a half. And I missed it. What's more impressive? Five interceptions and a half or Nick Foles' seven touchdowns in like 33 minutes? Ooh. I will go with the Peterman because at least Nick Foles won a Super Bowl MVP. 
<laughs> I'm also going to go with Peterman primarily because of the context. Well, has he, anybody else he done was, that? Well, it, it's not about that because Nick Foles, nobody else has done it that fast, right? Well, so, no, like, both of them are equally least... rare on that. On, but, but here's the context, right? If Peyton Manning throws five picks and a half, he still has his job. <laughs> yeah. Like, how after three is Peterman still in the game? Right? Like, uh, like honestly, like, that, that's what makes it so outstanding is because it was him. It was that situation. It's why is he still in the game? Maybe we'll break that down one day. We'll just go drive by drive because I, I don't even know what drives, if it was, like, the first three drives if he threw interceptions or if they were, like, all in the second quarter. Like, Unbelievable. I don't even know. Were but they, like, were but they when, pick sixes? <laughs> yeah, but when you're not the guy, like, how do you? How are you still in the game I, I with, don't that, know. with a performance like that? I just couldn't believe they made the that's, switch That's why it's, it's more impressive. But, yes. I'll take the Chiefs. Taking the Chiefs? Yeah. I've stuck with the Chiefs all year as the team in the AFC. Because I think every other team is kind of the same. The Bengals, the Titans, the Bills. It's like... I'm going to be different. Who's going to be great? I'm going to be different. I think that... Not that the Bills are next up to run the conference, but I think that the gap isn't there anymore. I, I... I think that we saw the the Chiefs struggle through extended periods of time. And while they were playing for the one seed, showing up to play, mm-hmm. losing a game to Cincinnati, like that that kills your confidence. Yeah. You know, like that aura that they had, that unbreakable armor that they had, has cracks in it. And I think that the Bills can be that team that the Chiefs don't want to see the Bills. And the Chiefs struggled that last week against the Broncos. Mm-hmm. Broncos had that game. Mm-hmm. I, I, I just I don't think that the invincibility is there with the Chiefs this year like it has been the past right. couple of years. I agree. They no longer have plot armor. Yeah, that gap is definitely shrinking or shrunk. Well, we'll find out this weekend, won't we? Yeah. Well, I'll take the Chiefs until... It's like Brady. I'll take each of them until they lose. So, I still think they're the, they're the darling of the AFC... And until then, until the Bengals or the Titans or the Bills takes them over. I don't see the Titans being here long term. I don't either. That's why I don't that's why I didn't pick them. All of <laughs> all of their positions are old. Right. They're old at quarterback. For running back, they're old. They're old at receiver. They're you know, also like, hurt at receiver. Yeah. But like I just I don't looking at the windows of the four teams that are left in the AFC. Like, the Chiefs should be good for years to come. The Bills mm-hmm. should be good for years to come. The Bengals should be good for years to come. The Titans should be good for, like, a year or two more. And they, then and they've been good for multiple years. Yeah. But they haven't been great. But they're in the middle to the back end of their championship window here, if the, if they even have one, right? Like, that's right. A, it's a question that will get answered over yeah. the next couple of weeks. Are they actually? Whereas contenders? everyone else is kind of entering it, right? Like, maybe not the Chiefs, because the Chiefs have been in it for a couple of years now, but... It'll be interesting to see, man. Like I can't wait for these matchups. All and all three of those teams have much better quarterbacks than Ryan Tannehill. I agree. And two of them are super young. Well, I guess Mahomes is pretty young too. But none of those teams have a running game like Tennessee does. No. But if you can throw it, you can throw it. But if you don't get the ball back, if 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 so like for example, you take a 4-point lead with 8 minutes left in the game. And Tennessee goes on a 15 play 77 yard drive that takes seven minutes and 42 seconds and you get the ball back with 28 seconds left if but it's a whole game of ifs but if they get games down, not played on paper if they get down by 14 they're not equipped to come back like the other teams will be i agree 
They're the they're the most limited in terms yes. of their options to win games. They need the game to stay within one possession. Yeah, game if script. Not play ahead. Game script is incredibly important to the Titans. Yeah, that that's how they'll succeed, and that's it's hard to do. It's like like the Broncos win the Super Bowl just basically on their defense. Yeah, it's so impossible. And I don't know if the Titans have that type of impact the defense. Well, no. Well, I'm saying that's that's their defense. Their run game is that defense. Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean. So. Yeah, so we'll we'll see we'll see what we get next week. But yeah, give me the Chiefs, even though it's only one and a half. I'm gonna take the Bills just because I don't want to agree with you. But if it's a close game, we know the Bills are gonna lose. So. True. Yeah. Boom. No, you're right. Actually, I should probably flip my pick, but I won't because I'm stubborn. Some of us play chess while others are playing checkers. I'm like Sean McDermott with the decision <laughs> to start Nathan Peterman in the middle of a playoff race. I know. I know that it's a bad decision because I've been burned four times. Four. Four. In like 20 minutes of football. Four. But I'm stubborn. So I'm going to leave him in there for a fifth one. Yeah, yeah. There's no way he could throw a fifth, right? That's me. That's <laughs> me right here. I'm taking the Bills. I'm picking against the Chiefs, even though the Chiefs have been that team. And if they had won the coin toss against the Patriots, they probably would have been to three consecutive Super Bowls. Maybe Tyrod just had a punctured lung before that game, too. Yeah. Dude, him and doctors, man. <laughs> Bad relationships. We're gonna, doomed to fail. We're going to break that down one day. We're going to break down that game. Unbelievable. Because we're like three weeks away from having no football. Well, but doesn't Fox have a the USFL coming out? Oh, You're not yeah. going to be all over that yeah. in March? Oh, yeah, I will be. Yeah, for sure. USFL, XFL, I'm all over it. Alliance League comes back. <laughs> There's just like now four competing, like Division II <laughs> right. professional <football> leagues. leagues. <laughs> They're all oh, trying to get man. each other's others uh viewers so then nobody's actually watching any of them. yeah they should probably compete for the players first they they are gonna confuse which league they're actually watching yeah was it the usfl is that is that coming up this year yeah pretty sure i'm trying to remember what well because we know we can't talk on. about baseball because they're locked out still yeah with almost no progress towards resolution here yeah i'm not too optimistic about that mainly because of manfred but there are two things that I want to mention before we close. Close. Complete one-offs, complete different direction than everything we've been talking about. Uh -oh. The Dallas Mavericks have the fourth best defensive rating in the, in the NBA. Okay, I thought you were going to go like cornhole or uh, something. The Dallas Mavericks, let me repeat that. <clears throat> fourth? Louder for the people in the back. The Dallas Mavericks have the fourth best defensive rating in the NBA. And most of that is like the last month. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they went on a stretch there. Where teams didn't even get to a hundred, right. and keep in mind, like fifteen years ago, that's not that impressive because the <laughs> average score of a game was ninety-eight ish. Ten years ago, but like nowadays, like teams are scoring one hundred and five to one hundred fifteen every game, yeah. and so holding teams under a hundred is very impressive. Especially I mean, they have the fourth best rating in the league, the fourth best defensive rating in the league. That's a game changer for me because a month ago, before they really went on the stretch, I was starting to get off them. I'm like, you know what? It seems like they just ran it back, same old, same old. And I didn't want to buy into the excuses of like, you know, we've been hit by COVID again, right? Like back-to-back mm -hmm. -back years that the team's been killed by COVID because the whole league was killed by COVID this year. Well, killed is a strong word. I probably yes. shouldn't use that. I Affected. apologize. Yes, the entire league had their their off schedule, off program from COVID, right? So like, I didn't want to buy into like, it just got the Mavs worse, right? Like whatever. I think it's a bad argument, but they look good. They were pretty competitive when they had all the guys out with COVID. They looked pretty good. They were signing and, like four 10-day contracts. And what I've been saying for a year now, play Josh Green. Just 
play him. And they have been. And they finally have been, right? Because and it, it, it's not even that I thought he was good. It's that you spend a first-round pick on him. You have to find out if he's good. Mm-hmm. You have to give him the opportunity to fall on his face and get back up and run back down the court, right? Like, that is, that's what happens. Giannis was crap year one in the NBA. Well, yeah. Like, the guys, it's very rare that you have, like, a LaMelo Ball or a Luka Doncic that yeah. just comes into the league amazing. Lonzo Ball was crap for two years. And those guys are usually taken on the top three. Exactly. You know, right? One. And so it's like you have to give people the opportunity to go out there and fail and see the game. Play at that yeah. pace in, in games that matter. Not just practice, right? Like, not just against other Mavericks players. You got to give them the opportunity to be out there on the big stage. Anyway, that's thought number one. Go Mavs. Go Josh Green. Thought number two is completely random, and nobody's going to care about this, but I'm going to talk about it anyway. Cornhole. RLCS. Okay. <laughs> so we had the first North American regional event this past weekend for Rocket League. Mm-hmm. And there were a couple of massive transfers in the offseason window in in between the splits. So it's like soccer transfers? Uh, Yes, they have transfer windows. Ooh, like they have it. like two-week transfer windows in between splits. Do they have relegation? One of the best players in the region left his team, Space Station, and went to FaZe, which was essentially the second best team in the region. Space Station. <laughs> Space Station Gaming and FaZe Clan, okay? I love it. So, typical, typical leaves Space Station, goes to FaZe Clan, and they look like they're going to win, right? Like, they look like they're now the best team in the region. FaZe Clan loses to Space Station in the regional. Wait, so he lost his old So, team? Space Station replaced him with a 15-year-old prodigy. Oh. And that dude looks like the best player in the world. But, all of these roster moves, all these prodigy talks, all these roster moves, NRG wins the regional. They're, they've been the best team in North America for like four years. So not and they, and they have an old roster for esports. They're like the Lakers, where it's like they're just so old, you just don't how, see it working. How old is old? Uh, So like 19 is old in esports. What? Like, so you hit 20 and you're... Your concentration just goes out the window. It's not the concentration; it's the fast twitch reflex. Like your fast twitch is best, basically, just on the back end of puberty, and then for the rest of your life, your fast twitch is just dwindling for the rest of your life. Really? Yes. So, like, you get into your low twenties, and you are ancient in esports oh in most goodness. of them. So, like, all the pros that you're watching, That's like the sad. like the pros, the ones that are actually at the top of the scene in almost every esport are between like 15 and 20 and you get into your 20s and you're a veteran like you're you're old so you at 25 you're out of the game yeah if you're in 20 if you're 25 and you're still in esports you are a goat like you're that good but anyway the oldest team that's been around forever they win i guess i have no chance well don't say that there's always mlw that's true i could join them i could i could go pro there you go that's my two thoughts go mavs Go energy. Yeah. Go space station. Heh. <laughs> His name is Daniel, by the way. This oh, the, young prodigy looks oh, like okay. the best player in the world. 15 years old, huh? Yep. Just putting up like 600 points a game. He scored a thousand in a game. Against pros? Yeah. My God. In case you don't know Rocket League st- scoring, typical <laughs> scores are between 250 and 400. Yeah. Like, if you get 300, I think 300 is a really good game. He put up over 1,000. And he had three goals in the semifinals and the finals with zero seconds to tie or win a game. Scored three times with no time on the clock before the ball hit the ground. Yes. To either tie or win. 
so on the clutch. biggest stage. So yes. Clutch. So not only is he great, but he's clutch. Anyway, I had I had to mention that. Clutch Daniel. Yeah. Daniel. 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 Clutch Daniel. I might have to check him out. Fifteen years old. That's insane. Yep. Well, he's only got four good years left. It was like that kid who, yeah, pretty much. I mean, but there was that kid who won that Fortnite tournament for like $3 million. Booga, Bugga, whatever his name was. He like 12. He was 15. Oh, okay. Does he only have four good years left? Uh, I mean, that was like two years ago. So, I mean, he might only have two good years left. <laughs> is, it a, is it the same for Fortnite? <laughs> <laughs> uh, probably, range? yeah. Probably, yeah. Oh, my God. Well, you hit 20 and your life's over. No more Rocket League. I was always told it was 28. You get to 28 and life's over. Oh, well, apparently it's 19. So. Hmm. Well, R.I.P. Good show. I think so, yeah. Good show. It's fun times. The Tony Pollard of episodes. <laughs> R.I.P. Cowboys. And just like Tony Pollard, we're signing off. We out. Yep.